Robinson, who's in the slot. Look at that direction on a slam. Huge hit. Ball picked off. The Volunteers of the Carroll make an interception. Jawan Mitchell. They call him Juju. The discrepancy. Schuster, they were going to take a shot, but he's hit by Nelson. And Nebraska has picked up the football. Their first takeaway of the game. Wells, way down the field. It is in the coverage. It is intercepted. It is over. Lamarian James has sealed the victory for Old Dominion. Welcome back to Do the IDP Grind. I am Hollywood, and I'm joined by my co-host, Justice. What's going on, man? How much, man? I was doing good until about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, you and your scoring thing have had its issues this year. <laughs> yeah, somehow I, I tried to, I was trying to fix a player's name, and I somehow broke it, and I can't. I undid what I did, and it's still not working, so I don't uh, know. I don't no. know. We'll get it figured out. Yeah, well, you'll get it figured out. I say we. I won't be doing anything. <laughs> you'll get it figured out. Um, what a crazy week six this was. This insane with some of this coaching decisions and. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, like, I just, your, your first sure one from Miami. I heard that wasn't the first time that Cristobal something like that's happened to him. Because he, he he refuses to take a knee, and apparently it's happened to him before, where something like this has happened. Yeah, um, I don't fault him for not wanting to take a knee. I mean, I, I I get why it's there and what it's for. I would be more okay with it, I guess, if it didn't impact the stats, right? Like if you're got the game one and you're just trying to be sportsmanship and close out the game, then the player shouldn't be penalized for negative yards or whatever. But, um, I don't know. The, the fumble itself was a little controversial, I guess you could say. Some said he was down, some said he wasn't. Either way, he fumbled, and then Georgia Tech, <laughs> with basically a Hail Mary, uh, pulls off the win. Just insane. Well, I thought. Well, I mean, I guess it was a because the, they won. They they kicked the field goal, right, to win. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said Hail Mary, but yeah, yeah. But the, I guess they had a couple of plays to get into the field goal range, and then yeah, I mean, like I just take the knee. I, yeah, I, don't I mean, the, why a simple kneel down would have all but ended the game. Yeah, yeah. That was um, that was one of the biggest head scratchers I think of the week. Just yeah. Not a good look for Miami, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, Colorado receiver slash corner Travis Hunter, according to Coach Prime, he's going to miss another two to three games, which if you err on the caution of the longer, with being three, then that should take him through 
the rest of this month, which probably means he doesn't come back to November. That's that's the end of uh, that's the end of the regular season for college fans of football. Yep. Right, because you only play a ten week regular season this coming week. Well, I mean, I guess you, you get him back maybe the last week. Um, yeah. Because we're coming up on week seven. Yeah. So that's. I guess if you make the playoffs and you get him back, there's that's good news for you. But if you're needing him now to to, uh, to try to get into the playoffs, you're you're just going to be uh, out of luck for a few weeks, uh, at least till November. It looks like. Um, we talked about Georgia Tech with the upset. Oklahoma jumped to number five after their win over Texas. Um, just, um, I don't know if you got to saw, see that game, but that was uh, quite I the did. Game. I watched. I watched the entire game. Um, it was a good game. I thought. I mean, I feel like Oklahoma played really good, and Texas didn't play so well. Um, right. You know, Texas had what the three turnovers. I didn't feel like Ewers played that well. The offensive line didn't play well. Uh, the defense didn't play well. Jalen Ford didn't play well. Um, right. So, I mean, I guess, does the Big 12 still have a championship game? Because if so, they'll probably meet again, I guess. Uh far as I know, they do. Yeah, they have a conference championship. So, so probably a good chance the two of them will meet again in the championship game. And my guess is, assuming they don't, neither one of them loses another game, that they whoever wins that will get into the playoffs. Yeah, um, I think the loss kind of hurt Texas. I don't know where they fell to, but I mean, this win puts Oklahoma right in the driver's seat. All they got to do is take care of business from here on out, and I could probably see them being uh, one of the four. Um, yeah, the good thing for Texas is they got the win over Bama. So, assuming yes. assuming Alabama can somehow make it to the SEC championship game, that will that will help prop Texas back up. Um, so yeah, it could come down to who wins the Big Twelve championship between if both assuming both of them went out the rest of the way and they play each other, could come down to whoever wins that game makes the makes the top four. Yeah, so Texas failed to number nine. It looks like. Yeah. Looks like. So your top five, which we are. I guess we can kind of skip here just a little bit. Um, the Associated Press. So your top five is Georgia. I don't think this is right. Yeah, I guess it is. So it's Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, and Oklahoma is your top five. Um, then you've got Penn State, Washington, Oregon, Texas at nine, USC at ten. Is the current um, current top ten? You've got Louisville with their big win over Notre Dame. Um, they jump to number 14. So that was a big move for them. 
Um, and then you got North Carolina at 12 at 5 0. So those are the two undefeated outside looking in right now. Um, Dylan Gabriel, quarterback for Oklahoma. He has been contender for you. I know we're uh, defense. No, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, I guess if they go undefeated and make it there, he'll probably be. He could be one of the four people invited. I don't. I don't think he's a serious contender. Right. And no, I just seen that throughout a little bit. Some people saying he was a, a contender, and I was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, he had a good win against. You know, the win over Texas was good, and he had a couple, couple big moments there. But overall, I don't know that he's a. A contender right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, it wouldn't um, shock me he gets invited, but I don't right. know that he's a, a real contender. I think, like, to me, like, right now, it's Caleb Williams or Michael Penix. And then everybody I would else. vote for Penix if it was me right now. That's who my vote would go to. Yeah, well, they got a big game this week, so. Speaking of Caleb Williams, yeah, speaking of Caleb Williams, USC's defense is god-awful. They're terrible. I, I just, it's, it's the most horrific thing I've ever seen on a football field. You can't continually give up the points that they're allowing in the yards and expect to go into – somebody's going to get them. And it almost oh, yeah. happened this week, what, triple overtime I think it was? Yeah, I guess Arizona. Exactly. That's – Arizona. Not, yeah. you I'm sorry, Arizona. It was Arizona State. What even Arizona? It was Arizona State, right? Uh, let's see. It was, if I can find it here. Well, yeah, it was. No, it was Arizona. Okay, so Arizona gets the second straight quarterback. Yeah, 43-41. Triple the Lord didn't play. It was Noah Fafita. So they were missing their starting quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's – but Arizona State didn't – they played Arizona State last week, and Arizona State gave them a pretty decent game. I mean, for Arizona State, it was not a very good team. They still scored yeah. – I think they still scored, like, what, 28 or something last week. Yeah, teams are scoring pretty much at will <laughs> on, on USC. It's been – it's just I, – I don't even know how they can – Let's see. They gave up. Oh, I'm trying to look here. I mean, it amazes me that Alex Grinch still has a job. That he that they see, so they gave up 41. This they've gave up 41 to Arizona, 41 to Colorado, and 28 to Arizona State. That's their last three games. And I think they're going. You'll find out a lot about. USC these next two games because they have Notre Dame this coming weekend and then Utah the weekend after. So they those are two pretty good defenses um, that they're going to be facing. So I guess we'll find out can they score enough to let their defense to make up for their defense. Yeah, the Utah game being interested to see if Cam Rising's back. I don't. I don't know if that Utah can beat them without Cam Rising. 
Yeah, which I found was interesting that his uh, knee injury was a lot worse than everyone knew, right? Well, it happened so late in the year. You kind of so. let the cat out of the bag that it was uh, the recovery was hard and it was due to have. Yeah. Yeah, that's just too quick of a turnaround to try to for an injury like that, I think. Um, former Northwestern head coach Pat Fitzgerald is suing the university for $130 million over this uh, hazing or whatever it was issue, the whole thing. So he's turned around and is suing the university for $130 million. So I guess he feels like if he's going to lose his job and livelihood, he's going to get some money out of it or try to. So, yeah. Which I guess if it's, if it comes out in the end that he's right and, you know, the damage been done to his, to his brand, so to speak, you know, it's going to be hard to find another job. Uh, with that looming, but we'll see. I mean, I would think maybe um, someone will give him a shot at a lower level. You see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eventually, somebody will. Skipping around here just a little. I should have put these in order. But they're speaking of coaches, there's rumors circulating that Urban Meyer might be at Michigan State. And that's just rumors and – I don't know. I don't. That seems crazy. You know how that goes, but usually when there's smoke, there's a little fire to it too. I would think they'd rather have Lance Leopold (laughs) than Urban Meyer. Hey, I will never say never. Nothing surprises me anymore. But you were talking about getting second chances. Here's a guy that's getting third, fourth, fifth (laughs) chance. So, yeah, uh, I mean, winning winning cures all, I guess. Right? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Just seems like a weird fit, though. For him to be in in Michigan State, though, that just that doesn't seem like the whole Utah, Florida, Ohio State route, right? That just kind of it's like one of these things is not like the other, and I think that's Michigan State's nothing like those three. So, yeah, yeah, that would be kind of kind of weird, but I mean, I don't know. Like, it doesn't seem like a long term solution. If anything, it's very short term. Yep. Um, I found this one. So ESPN owns the rights to the college football playoffs through 2025. So after that, everything's got to be reworked. That's when, well, we'll be into 12 teams by that point because uh, the college football playoffs will will have expanded. Um, of course, your big players, ESPN, Fox, and NBC – you know they're all going to put their their bids in, but there's a couple streaming services that have already asked uh, about what they uh, need to do to make bids, and that's Apple and Amazon. So they are interested in televising some of these games, and from what I read, they're probably not going to get the main three. So they're not going to get the uh, the semifinals or the main championship game. But they would have a good shot at getting some of these early round games. 
So like the initial round, you know, the quarterfinals, stuff like that. So I don't, I just don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> it's all about the money, man. Whatever, whatever gets college NCAA the most money is what they're going to go with. Yeah. And that's, that's two big brands, right? With a lot of financial backing. So I could see them getting some of these early games, you know, I, I have to imagine Fox and, uh, NBC wants to keep, you know, the main games because that's that's going to be a huge draw for them. But those early round games, I can see those going to a streaming service if they bid enough. Yeah, absolutely. Because they were the same two that was in for the um, the Pac-12 negotiations. Remember, they were in on trying to televise uh, get that package before it fell through. So. Um, We'll see. Just an interesting thing I found there before uh, we jumped on. Um, Buffalo linebacker Sean Dolak has missed the last two weeks with an injury. He's in a walking boot on his left foot. Um, do we know the timetable for his return? So this past week, he I think they say it was a game-time decision. Um, I haven't seen anything that says when he's going to come back. Um, so my guess is it's probably like an ankle sprain, something like that. And so uh, it's just going to be kind of when he can tolerate it, right? So Pain management, yeah. Yeah. Um, after six weeks now, there are two teams that remain winless, San Houston State and Nevada. Man, I thought Sam. I watched a lot of that game. I thought Sam Houston State was going to pull that one off. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, Sam. they were what, like they were like you know, first and goal. Yep. It couldn't, it couldn't score. Yeah. Worked I was, tried. Couldn't get it in the end zone. So I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. So, but that was a good game. I mean, they they played tough, but uh, just come up short again. Um, they played tough the last two weeks. So I think I think they're close. Yeah. They're getting close. Well, I, from what I have seen, they've played for the most part. They've played pretty tough all year. Um, they just, I think, as the season goes, they're getting a little closer and closer. So, um, but we knew this would be an adjustment for them jumping up last year, right from the yeah. FBS. So, you know, they they got, got their feet wet last year. Now they're trying to really make their way uh, in the Sun Belt there. So we'll see, you know, I think they can do it. Or They'll be fine. USA, I think it just takes USA. Or yeah, sorry, USA. Um, I just think it takes a little adjustment, right? Once you make that big of a jump. So I think they'll be fine. And, that, and they're in the right conference to do it in too, I think. So Nevada, the, Nevada, I just think isn't good. <laughs> oh, they're horrible. They're horrible. I don't even know what else to say about that. Offensively, defensively, even their special team stinks. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're horrible. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. It's it's like turn the game on and I watch about three plays of them and I'm like, nope, click. <laughs> I'm going to another game. Uh yeah, it's it's um it's bad. Um and then the Reese's Senior Bowl Defensive Player of the Week. 
is Texas Tech linebacker Steve Linton, who had three tackles, all were sacks for a loss of 18 yards total, and two forced fumbles in his uh, in their 39-14 win over Baylor. Um, which is a good segue to our players of the week. And I picked Adrian Cooper, a uh, linebacker for Texas A&M, 11 tackles, six solos, three TFLs, three sacks, and a tough loss to Alabama 26-20. And then you had Chris Hardy, defensive end, Jacksonville State, six tackles, five solos, one interception, four and a half TFLs, two sacks, in the 45-30 win over Middle Tennessee State. Um, there's people don't have seasons that good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that, that we'll, we'll talk about him later in the fantasy stuff, but basically he scored he scored half his season points in one game. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's a lot. And for Cooper, had he not been there, I think Texas A&M would have really <laughs> – Alabama may have uh, really whooped up on them because he, he erased a lot of mistakes for them uh, in that game. Uh, unfortunately, just wasn't enough to get them to win. I think I think he's he's a player that I traded to you in the offseason. I believe so, yes. <laughs> for a quarterback. <laughs> Uh, that sounds right. And he's been doing the last few weeks. He's been one of them. If I remember correctly, he's been one of my better IDP players for like the last two, three weeks. So, which I've definitely needed. <laughs> yep. Yep. Unfortunately. Yeah. He didn't give you enough against me this week, but. See, nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody likes a bragger. Nobody likes a bragger. Oh, I knew I was in trouble when Thursday night rolled around and you was already putting up points like nobody's business. I was like, really? He can't even let me wait till Saturday before he starts destroying. He's going to do it on a Thursday night. Well, but the thing was, is our offense, I think our offense, we're, we were only, we're even, there wasn't even a one-point difference in our offense. Yeah. Yeah, my defense just – It uh, was it was the defense. My defense outscored you by like 50. Yeah. Yeah, so don't listen to me for IDP advice. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, eh, you got me. Brock got me in a in one of his leagues on the campus side. It was uh, it was ugly week for me all around on campus because I think I lost all four, if I remember correctly. It just was not a good week for me. So, and some of the scores were were bad. So, I don't want to relive that, but um. Before we get to your fantasy corner, we want to thank Trophy Smack for donating rings to our listener leagues. Nice quality stuff. Well made. Looks good. Feels good. Uh, they've got rings, plaques, trophies, belts. Um, they got stuff for losers. Uh, it doesn't have to be sports related. If you've got something for your company you want to reward them with, they can set you up with that too with something nice. So go check them out. Um, we want to thank my fantasy league for sponsoring our Canton sides of our uh, listener leagues. And then Fantrax, as you all know, they do the uh, the campus sides. Um, Action 
betting site, the locally owned by 10 cents, for 10 cents. They've got all the odds just like the big boys. So go place your bets for your uh, baseball tonight and your Monday night football game. So they've got everything else too, right? Baseball, basketball, hockey, ping pong, darts, racing, whatever uh, is going on. I know hockey's fixing to start. Basketball will be starting pretty soon. So go place your futures or whatever you want to do on that. But they've got all the odds just like the big boys. Um, use a promo code Hollywood 100 when you make your deposit. Um, and it's something I think we mentioned last week, uh, last time we was on, we've got a discord now for Devi IDP grind and IDP nation. It's all the same discord. So you can go over there and talk a lot of football. Uh, we cover, we talk about high school and recruiting and NFL and college and, and everything, you know, betting everything in between. So go over there and sign up for that. And, we're getting close. We're 395 followers on Twitter, and we have 23 on YouTube. So hopefully we can hit 425 pretty soon and get those growing. We thank you for following us and listening to our uh, to our content. We ask that you spread the word and help us grow a little bit. Uh, we appreciate y'all for, uh, for helping us out. And that brings us to... The fantasy corner there, Justice. I'll let you take the lead. So uh, three of these guys, I'm going to mention them once because they just repeat, repeat uh, throughout the different leagues. Um, so we'll start with our uh, Debbie IDP grind uh, listener league. Um, and I'm going to start with the, the, the three players that repeat throughout these leagues. First, uh, He's a, really a defensive end, but he has defensive tackle eligibility in fan tracks, and that's uh, Muhammad Kamara, Colorado State, with 24 points. Um, the next guy that's going to repeat throughout is uh, Hollywood's Player of the Week, linebacker Edgerin Cooper, Texas A&M, 32 points. And then the last player that repeats quite a bit is safety Maxwell Hairston. Uh, from Kentucky with 29.6 points. The other uh, the other two players in this league that were the high scorers for defensive end was Prince Dorba, Arizona State, 24.5 points, and cornerback Major Burns from LSU with 26.4 points. Uh, next to Campus to Canton League, Kamara and Cooper again, uh, but we do have a different defensive back, and it's Justin Barron from Syracuse with 26 points. Uh, Legends is the three guys, Kamara, Edgerin Cooper, Maxwell Harrison. And uh, and then Toonland, the only thing that's different than Kamara and Cooper is the defensive back, which is Colby Fuqua from Jacksonville State with 23 points. Now we'll talk about some of the, the top free agents in, in uh, our listener league this week, just based on their points from week four. Um, and the top one is was my player of the week. That's Chris Hardy, Jacksonville State, 40 points. Um, that's almost half his point totals right there in one week um, for the season. Uh, also, Logan Lee, defensive end of Iowa, 25 and a half points. Defensive tackle, Mason Graham, Michigan, 17 points. Linebacker, Levanta Bentley, Colorado, 26 points. Linebacker, Shane Suyanoa uh, from Wyoming, 26 points. Defensive back, Devin Grant from Buffalo, 60.4 points. 
I'm pretty sure he had two uh, return interception returns for a touchdown that game. Yep. <clears throat> Defensive back Kapina Gushikin from Washington State, 46.6 points. And defensive back Ricardo Hallman, uh, 41 points. Going and looking at our season to date. So the top defensive lineman also is the guy that had the huge week this week. Um, and that's Chris Hardy with a total of 76 points. But 40 of those points came this week. So <laughs> prior to this week, he only had a total of 36 <laughs> points. Um, next up, defensive lineman Jonah Ellis, Utah, 72 points. Defensive lineman Jalen Green uh, from James Madison with 72 points as well. Top linebackers, Tyrese Knight from UTEP, 140 points. Peyton Wilson, NC State, 129 points. Followed up by Jason Henderson from Old Dominion with 124 points. Uh, quick note about Mr. Henderson. He became Old Dominion's all-time Leading tackler this past week. Nice. So only took him two and a half seasons, and there he is. Um, there was a <laughs> there was a lot of debate on the old Dominion message board about his tackle numbers and how people feel that um, some people are complaining that they feel the numbers are inflated. Um, I think that's just in general, especially with assists, right? I, I feel like stat people are very generous when it comes to assists. Right. But I, I will say this. If you look at PFF, which I think PFF is probably the, the, I would say, truer or more accurate stats, right? They're yeah. going to be, their, their tackle stats are going to be way less compared to everybody else because they chart the games themselves. Um, but I believe they're probably truer or more accurate as well. Um, last season, Jason Henderson still led the nation in tackles over expected with a plus 66. So, even if you kind of throw out what people might say is the some homerism with the assist from the from the ODU stat crew, Jason Henderson's still like he's still a monster tackler, you know. Um, no matter no matter whose stats you're using. So right. um defensive backs. Uh I have him down late a little bit later too to talk about him, but that's the number one defensive back is a true freshman. And that's Dylan Thieneman from Purdue with 106 points. Uh, next is, as you as we just talked about, the guy that had another big week, um, defensive back Maxwell Hairston from Kentucky, 102 points, followed up by defensive back Hunter Wohler, Wisconsin, with 96 points. And that's kind of the, the, the fantasy wrap-up for week six. Yeah, just kind of looking at these um... – Jalen Green was my player of the week for not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before. So I was able to pick him up in a couple weeks that I needed some defensive end help. So um, as me and you know, bye weeks are hot and heavy now, right? Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. make make sure you're paying attention to your rosters. And if you need, you know, if you need some waiver help, Justice is giving you some names here that probably for the most part are available on your uh, – on your waivers. Now I know that Shane uh, Suanella for Wyoming, I've had him in a couple leagues and I've kind of dropped him. Um, I think for the most part, he's a safe play, but um, I'm just not sure what I'm doing with him yet. Yeah. Um, and, and Colorado seems to be a mixed bag at linebacker there, right? 
seems to be either Levante Bentley or Juwan Mitchell. They kind of trade off right. who has a big week. So kind of some inconsistency, but um, that's what you're, I think, you know, at this point in the season, that's what you're going to kind of see as far as what's available on the waiver wires. And then, you know, these guys with big weeks pop up, right? Like I said, like Hardy, you know, Hardy's now the number one defensive lineman, but half his points were in one week. Um, yeah. Harris, Harrison for Kentucky had a big week this week. Um, I think he had what about a third? Let's see, he scored almost 30 points out of 30 of his 102 points. So, so a third almost a third of his points came this week. Um, <laughs> those kind of things happen, you know, where, where guys uh will pop up. Yeah, I, I, week. the big, you know, the big week outputs are, are nice, right? The big 40 and 30 point outbreaks, but I think you got to kind of pump the brakes a little bit, especially when, like you said, they're scoring that that one game is half of their season total or a third of their season total. I think you've – I mean, if you're in a pinch, you know, pick them up. But I don't think there are players that I'm – I guess I need to see them be more consistent. Yep. you got to have that consistency. And do it again, right? I have another good game before I really just rush out and get somebody. Yeah. That's good stuff. I, I like the uh, the free agent and the uh, point leaders. It's just kind of different. See, like I have Tyrese Knight in the league. I wanted Peyton Wilson, but I don't have him in any of my leagues. Um, just a high tackle number guy, and I just never was able to to get him. Um, but, yeah, Knight and, uh, of course, I don't have Jason. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I have Jason Anderson you, in every league. Uh, he's already gone, so <laughs> it'd be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see what he does at the end of this year. Uh, my own prediction is he leaves Old Dominion. He's a junior, right? He is a junior. Um, I don't. I don't think he's gonna go to the NFL. Um, so you you think he's gonna transfer? I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna say, "Hey, I gave you three years. Um, I, I I want to go to the NFL. I want to prove that I can play on a bigger stage. Um, and so I fully expect um, that he's gonna go to a Power Five school and and try to show that he can play um, to to you know prove to the NFL that he belongs. That's my own yeah. personal opinion. That I have no. I mean, just I don't know. It just seems like that's what is likely to happen, but I don't have any insider knowledge. Or, I mean, he loves Old Dominion. I know that. Um, he was he was well, offered. If that's the case, and Mister Henderson's listening. We'll take him here in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, I've heard rumors that he was offered money to leave after this past season. You know, and I oh, nil okay. money. And he yep. tur- he turned it all down, um, but with with only you know with one year of eligibility remaining and, and the possibility of an NFL career, I just feel like that you know he's gonna he's gonna say hey you know I gave I gave Old Dominion all I can give you I gotta look out for myself now and there's nothing wrong with that I just but you know hey he may shock no, no. he may shock me and come back that'd be awesome. Yeah, um, I'm just curious. I'm trying to look real quick here. So yeah, I mean he's he's six one two twenty seven by your team's website page here. Uh, six one two twenty seven. 
So he's kind of right in there, right? I mean, that's. I think that's fringe. That's fringe NFL. That's not bad right? size for NFL. I mean, you typically want six two or six three, but yeah, yeah. But I think with his ability to just be a tackling machine, right? I think that's gonna. I think teams value that a lot. I mean, it's. I think the one thing he will need to show um, to play in today's NFL is pass coverage. He's not really asked to do that at all at Old Dominion. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, you know, that, that, that could hurt him as far as NFL goes. I mean, the one thing, the one thing that, that he has shown more of this year is, um, they've used him more, you know, as, as a rusher. Um, and so he's gotten a few mm. more sacks. Um, but I think from an NFL perspective, he's going to have to be able to show more in pass coverage. Yeah, he's going um, to be on the field all three downs. He's just not asked. He's just not asked to do that. Um, for, for a and, may, and maybe if he transfers, like you said, if he transfers to a power five uh, conference or, you know, team, they're probably going to ask him to do some of that. Um, you know, they're going to put him in those situations where he has to drop in coverage or maybe he has to rush the passer a little bit more. Because uh, I think all teams know that when it just comes to the basic tackle and go or go and tackle right he can do that and he can do that as good as anybody in the country so um so yeah so maybe maybe he does did you, did you say you think he will leave or yeah that's i think i just it's just pure speculation on my part there's there's that just your I, gut feeling yeah yeah i mean i feel like if he wants an nfl future then hmm. you know how's he going to improve his stock because that's to go to a you know a bigger stage well, we, we, we've already kind of seen that precedence being set, right? A few years ago with Jabril Cox coming from North Dakota State to LSU, Omar Spates to LSU. Um, who was the other one that transferred to LSU, I think, uh, before Kelly got there? Uh, uh, Damon Clark? Jones? I can't remember. Was the, the, there, who, who was the guy from uh, – uh, there was a guy from Clemson, Clemson that transferred, I think, right? To LSU, I, yeah, I think that's who I'm trying to think of, and I can't, I can't think of his name right off. But yeah, I mean, we're seeing, we're seeing that, right? I mean, so that precedence, which I think is, I'm okay with that, right? Um, you know, using Jason Henderson as an example, you know, he's gave them three years, right? I mean, he just didn't tuck and run on him. He's gave him three solid years and he's got aspirations to be a professional football player, hopefully NFL. But um, so we are seeing that, you know, players making that move from FCS or even lower division one, you know, they're, they want to go where they can be seen. And I right. think I mean, look at Jared verse, right. Comes from all, goes from Albany to Florida state. Yes. Exactly. Because odds are, had he stayed at Albany State, he probably doesn't get the publicity oh, and no. the, oh, no. all that. And, and may not even get all the eyes that's being put on him now. Right? I mean, will he get drafted? Probably. But he's not going to be a first-round draft pick, possibly right. off edge in the, in the class if he doesn't go to Florida State. And now you go to Florida State, you have a huge year, um, set the world on fire, and, and now it's sky's 
the limit for him. I know he's not quite having as good a season so far this year that he did last year, but uh, well, he, he had a great game Saturday. On him he, too, had a, right? he had a really good game Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, for me, he's still the top defensive end in the class. So, um, and I think it was a smart move on his part to come back for another year, honestly, because I know he said he had some things he wanted to work on, but man, last year's draft class at defensive end was loaded. So I think it, business decision wise, I think it was smart, right? You come back, you stay another year and come out in a class that's potentially weaker at that spot, which I think he would have been a high draft. He would have been a top 10 pick anyway, in my opinion last year, but still. Um. So we're on to our, I guess we can get into our five-star topic here. Looking back, Georgia just uh, made the Wildcats look silly on Saturday night. It uh, Or should I say Brock Bowers made Kentucky look silly. Um, that dude's just unreal how good he is. Um, does anybody knock Georgia off this year? Are they going to run the title again? Uh, I don't think so, at least till the SEC championship game. Hmm. I mean, they've they've not looked the best at times. They've got off to some slow starts. Auburn hung in there with them. Um, I would say Tennessee's probably the only obstacle that may even slow them down or could slow them down until they get to the SEC game. Um, but I don't know that this is the same dominant team we've seen the past two years where they just run rough shot over everybody. I think they're going to be they look they get good on playoffs, Saturday, though. They look good on well, Saturday yeah, against did. Kentucky. <laughs> you know, I, I thought Kentucky was a decent team, um, but they 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 thoroughly dominated Kentucky. Um, you know, they, they got a lot of new starters. Maybe they're starting to gel, put things all together, you know. Got a new quarterback. Uh, they've had a lot of a lot of injuries at running back. Um, yes, you know they've had a lot of new faces along those de- along the defensive line and in the defense in the backfield. So maybe they're maybe they're starting to put it all together. I mean, they have talent. We know that, right? The, just from recruiting. Um, but yeah. Michigan, the biggest threat to them? Well, I mean, yeah, I guess. Because um, Ohio State didn't look – I mean, I know they beat Maryland, pulled away, but they looked a little sloppy and ugly in the first half of that game. Yeah, Ohio State's quarterback play is not good. Um, I mean – I mean, you throw yeah. Oklahoma in there, but Oklahoma, I don't know that they're a threat. Yeah. USC. I mean, I feel like Texas has the ha, Texas has the. They the can't talent. play defense. They're going to have to outscore everybody. Texas got yeah. Texas got to you know get better, more consistent. I guess is a better way to say it. USC, nah, their defense isn't good enough. Um, man, I just don't know that. I I, I don't know how Mich- how Michigan would do against Georgia. You know, um, Washington probably. Maybe? One of the Pac-12 teams, Washington and Oregon. Yeah, I mean they they both they both have good offenses. Um, they both play decent defense. So yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, 
I mean, I feel like both of those teams, Washington and Oregon, are, are, are better than Ohio State. Yeah, I think so too. Better than Oklahoma. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Texas, Oklahoma. I know Texas lost, but if they can win out the rest of the way, there's still a shot for them, right? Um, I don't think they're yeah. completely eliminated yet or feel that they are. Um, I, I don't know. I, they just got to take care of business, but they, they could get back in it. And we've seen crazy upsets already this year, so anything's possible. Um, we talked about I mean, the, 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 the one thing that surprised me in the Texas game was how, like, the defense just, like, Jalen Ford did not look good at all. Like, he looked pretty bad. They were off. I mean, he, he, he just – No, he did not. He gave up uh, one of the big runs to Gabriel. I mean, he just looked – he just tackle. looked – always looked like he's always – he looked slow. He looked slow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the Gabriel touchdowns uh, or big runs – he just was completely frozen and he whiffed. So, but yeah, I agree with you. He did. He definitely didn't look like what we're <laughs> normally used to seeing. Um, we talked about USC struggling with Arizona and I don't think that's going to change for the rest of the year. I think they are going to have to score 40, 50 points a game just to survive and win on a weekly basis. Um, I was shocked that Louisville beat Notre Dame. I was shocked. Yeah, I mean, was it a letdown game? Um, you know, from the the loss to Ohio State. Maybe. I, I I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean. I don't think Louisville is that good of a team, personally. Um, no. But uh, Notre Dame just kind of played flat. Yeah, they were – Louisville's a little inconsistent this season, but that's a big win, right? I mean, that's a big feather in their in their hat to pull that off, so kudos to them. Um, you've got some true freshmen here that's starting to shine. Uh, Anthony Hill, linebacker for Texas, eight tackles, five solos, three assists, a sack, and a pass deflection. Um, he looked good in that game. I mean, I, I, I'll, yeah. I have to eat some crow, I guess, because <laughs> preseason, like, I was not I was not an Anthony Hill fan based on his high school film. Um, I did say, you know, the best I saw him was the Texas spring game. Um, but he looked good in that game, in that game, uh, Saturday against Oklahoma, kind of all over the field. Um, he, he looked really good. Yep. Yeah, and maybe that's, you know, a product of uh, the Texas coaching staff, right? They know what he can be and what he has issues with. So it looks for now like they've done a great job of getting him coached up and into a much better player than me and you saw uh, back in high school, right? Yeah. Um, One of my favorites, Caleb Downs for Alabama, the safety, seven tackles, five solos, two assists, and he had an interception, um, which I thought changed the game. Because if you remember, right before that play, Milrew 
Milrow threw the interception to Texas, and I was like, oh, no, here's here's where it changes, and then they come right back and get it right back, and I think that – I honestly think that kind of changed the momentum uh, for Alabama to get that win because uh, it just didn't seem that Texas A&M was quite the same after that. But he's uh, – Downs is – man, he's going to be something special. Um, he's going to – he's one of those players that – if you could leave soon, sooner than, you know, a junior or whatever, he would be gone. Uh, he'd be a one and done if you could do that. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Because he is, boy, he's something special. Um, Dylan Thieneman, Purdue, eight tackles, seven solos, and a assist. Um I watched part of this game, so I, I saw some plays by both of these. I just didn't get to watch them all. Uh, linebacker Whit Weeks for LSU, five tackles, four solos, and assist. And then linebacker Sunter Ryan Perkins for Ole Miss, four tackles, a solo, three assists, and a half sack. I did see them uh, Weeks make some rushing plays off the edge. Uh, didn't quite get the sack, but applying some pressure. So looks like he's going to be in that line of LSU pass rushers that we're used to seeing. Did um did Speets play this week? Omar Speets or I didn't see any of the LSU game. Um, I only watched it for a few minutes, and I don't remember seeing him or hearing his name. Uh, Let me see here. I can tell you just in a second. I don't want to say he did or didn't, but I don't – I mean, judging by Weeks' numbers, my guess is he didn't play because Weeks has kind of been starting in Speed's place. No, he did not play. So, yeah, he he did not play. So, yeah, I don't know how much longer he's going to be out either. Um, we'll just have to see, I guess, on that. Um, but yeah, some true freshmen making huge impact, and I think right now it's it's healing downs. Right, they they've been two of the the bigger ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, for, from a fantasy perspective, Thieneman's been the biggest, right? He's the number one scoring defensive back for fantasy purposes. Yeah, and that's – in these campus to Canton leagues, that's the perfect scenario, right? You, you recruit these incoming freshmen in hopes that they pull off a Caleb Downs and Anthony Hill type scenario, right? Starting, uh, making big impact plays. Yeah. Instead of you know being on your bench eating up a, a roster spot where you're hoping and waiting, you're actually getting output and production from them. But that's the that's kind of the whole thing with chasing these high recruits, right? You, you just never know till they get on campus and see how they fit in. Um, all right, we'll look ahead to week seven. Looks like it's going to be some more good games. You got number seven Washington versus number eight Oregon. Uh, that's, that's in that, Washington. That's the one, right? That's the one that I have circled. Yes, um, yes. That's. I, uh, I'm excited to see that game. Do you know what time that game is? Uh, um, I don't. I don't off top. I'm of hoping my head. it's a night game. Uh, I'll look it up. Because unfortunately, I have to work Saturday, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be sometime Saturday afternoon before I can. I can get home. It'll probably be later, you know, five or six before I get home. But so hopefully I can get to see that. If not, I'm definitely going to have. Oh uh, yeah, it's three thirty. Three thirty. 
Uh, that's the same time Tennessee and Texas A&M plays too. So yeah, 3.30 on ABC. Um, Washington's favored by three. I think that's going to be a good game. I really do. Two high-powered offenses. I think Washington, for me, has a better defense, slightly. Um, so maybe that's the deciding factor. But. I th- and I think whoever wins that game deserves probably to be like at least top four, if not higher. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. That's. I mean, my personal opinion is they should probably be number three behind Georgia and Michigan. Yes, I think so, too. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, number 10, USC versus number 21, Notre Dame. That's in South Bend. Um, That's a 7.30 p.m. game on NBC. I may watch that one, but, gosh, it's so hard to watch USC because their defense. That's just oh, terrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. Um, and, and the strange thing is you've got players like Corey Foreman that ain't even seeing the field. Yeah. (laughs) So what does that say about him? Either A, he's not as good as everyone thought, or B, USC don't know what the heck they're doing to continue to give up 40 points a game and then not try to get some of these young guys. You got to make – when your defense is that bad, that consistent, you have to make changes somewhere. I mean, it can't get much worse. I I don't think it's a lack of talent. I just think that uh, the coaching is not very good. Yeah, so, I mean. Motivation, you know, I don't know. I, mean, I think I think Lincoln some, Riley doesn't care about defense, so he leaves it up to the defense. Yeah, they're going to have to. Uh, well, he needs to get a new defensive coordinator because right now it's it's not looking good, and it's going to bite him somewhere. I just don't know who. Oh, yeah, probably this week. Probably this week. Yeah. Because Notre um, Dame defense is pretty decent. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Um, number 12, UNC versus my number 25, Miami. That's in Chapel Hill. It's a 7.30 game on ABC. UNC looked pretty good, I thought. They handled the – oh, yeah, so another night game I can watch. They looked pretty good against Syracuse uh, last Saturday, handled their business. So, and they got Tez Walker um, back, so um, – Yes, which was huge news for them. Yeah, I, I fully expect UNC to win this game. Yeah, especially with the um, the little debacle there at the end for Miami, there's going to be all kinds of stuff flying around. So, and then then you've got 15th ranked Oregon State versus 18th ranked UCLA. That's in Corvallis. Um, I don't know. I think I kind of like UCLA here. Uh, it should be a good one. Um, that's yeah. the, that's an 8 p.m. game on Fox. Um, I don't know. I mean, UCLA looked good this past week beating Washington State, but um, Oregon State looked good as well. I think, uh, I think it should be a good competitive game. Yeah, so that's four good matchups this week. Um, probably some others that we don't have listed, but. Yeah, now that we're into this conference schedule, pretty much, there's some good games. Like I said, Tennessee and uh, Texas A&M is Saturday. Um, I don't know who. I'm trying to think here. 
I don't know who. Uh, Oklahoma's got this week. Um, Oklahoma plays. Colorado's home against Stanford. They must be off this um, week. Oklahoma's must have a bye yeah, this week. Yeah. Uh, Washington State's at home against Arizona. Ah, uh, Alabama, Arkansas. That's usually a, that's a noon game, so that's usually a pretty decent one. Um, Tennessee plays Texas A&M. LSU and Auburn is usually a close one. Brian Kelly's just not done good. Yeah, Brian Kelly's just not done well in LSU, has he? I mean, it, for all the yeah. hype that was coming in this year, they've kind of crapped the bed. Missouri, Kentucky should be a good one too. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if Kentucky – coming off this loss if they can uh, rebound and get it back together because Missouri's looked pretty decent so far. Yeah. Yeah, they look good. At least offensively anyway they have. Score a lot of points. Yep. Yep. Oh, here you go. Here's the game of the day. Georgia at Vanderbilt. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Michigan's got Indiana. They should roll them. Iowa, Wisconsin, Kansas, Oklahoma State. Trying to see if there's anybody else. Uh, No, I think that's about it as far as the bigger games. But, yeah, uh, so should be another fun weekend. Uh, We're uh, changing buildings. that We're moving into our new building this month at work. So I've got to work Saturday to do some – inventory stuff so i won't be home till later uh on saturday but that's all right um had to find a radio or something on your future phone well yeah i'm gonna take my little earbuds and uh turn on the radio and listen to tennessee while i'm there but uh i'll probably have to find a game early uh one of the noon games and see what i can listen to but yeah yeah i don't like working on saturdays (laughs) cuts into my i don't i don't blame you i don't blame you (laughs) Especially Saturdays uh, in the fall. Oh yeah, Saturdays. And it's Saturdays about, in February and um, you know, March. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> January. And it's turned cool here, so the hot temperatures are. I don't want to say gone, but they've dropped dramatically, and it's been raining here all day. So. Yeah. Uh, rained here Saturday, and the temperatures. Anyway, dropped, falls here. So. Halloween's here. Are getting right. to be here. That's right. That's right. Anyway. Um, anything else you want to talk about, players? I think we covered most of everything. No, uh, nothing comes to mind. Yeah, me neither. Um, hopefully this coming Saturday, the games will be just as good or better. Your old Dominion team won. We got to win. We got to win. And, and guess what? We're not going to lose this week either. <laughs> hey, that's right. That's right. They don't play. Well, they don't Tennessee play this week. Of course, we were on the bye, so they don't play this week. That's so. right. Um, I'm curious to see what Tennessee's going to run out there with Texas A&M, though. That's going to be uh, that's going to be an interesting game, I, especially if Cooper Mays is not fully healthy against that Texas A&M defensive front. And speaking of Texas A&M, uh, somebody that I had talked about um, last year or the year before whatever oh it's walter nolan 
the local Tennessee high schooler that chose the Aggies over Tennessee. But the last few games, he's been doing really well. Get, uh, you know, they've been putting him in there. He's been getting pressures, has had some sacks. Um, Texas A&M had uh, back-to-back games of seven sacks. And at one point Saturday, they had five against Alabama. I don't know what they finished with. So their defensive front is no joke. So um, Tennessee's really going to have to buckle down on the offensive line and keep those guys out of there if they want to try to run the ball. So we'll see. Should be a good game. Um, one um, one other freshman that just came to mind that we didn't we didn't talk about who had a good game Saturday was uh, the safety Peyton Bowen out of mm. Oklahoma. Um, you know he he forced that fumble, uh, which was big for them. Yeah, maybe he looked good. He looked good in the game. Yeah, and I think he looked good the week before too. So he's starting to t- ramp up his play a little bit too. So yeah, definitely good call if you got those guys there. They're worth having on your. Debbie rosters. Um, anything else? I know you got the uh, the G five Hive yep. podcast. You got G five Hive tonight, uh, probably around ten fifteen p.m. Sweet. So make sure you uh, make sure you tune into that every Monday night. And of course, you got the Debbie IDP grind here with me every Monday evening. Um. I also do the IDP Nation on Tuesdays, so check that out. Um, if you work, are you working on anything for Campus to Canton as far as articles, or are you still working on your scoring? Set? No. <laughs> I guess I'll be doing my scoring thing. <laughs> I do I do think I know what happened. Um, at least I hope well, I think I know what happened. So um, we had an issue last week in, in, in a different league um, where an owner – had set his next week's lineup. And when I pulled the rosters from fan tracks, that's what it gave me, gave back to me. Um, and so I posted, Hey, no, don't, don't, don't set your lineups in advance. And so um, I sent an email to fan tracks and I had asked them, I've asked them probably three or four times, Hey, um, how come you, you don't offer the ability to pull historical lineups? Right. Um, when you know because basically when you pull it it's just a snapshot in time um and so like you have to pull it like i have to pull it every saturday night at 11 p.m like if i don't i'm screwed um and so anyway i I actually got a favorable and positive response where they were going to make it so that you could pull you know you could specify hey i want the week one lineup or i want the week two lineup and so and so they did that, and um, and the guy sent me an email yesterday saying, "Here, here's how you do it. It'll probably be up in about 24 hours." So my guess is that is what broke my scoring tool, and I have to go in and update some uh, URLs. At least I'm hoping that's what it is. That'd be easy fix. Well, well, I hope for your on your sake that it's. Uh... That's what it is that you can fix it easy because I know that's got to be aggravating having to do all that work. So, absolutely, um, absolutely. But at least that's encouraging that fan tracks is kind of doing something to help, you know. Yeah, yes, yeah. yep, absolutely. It, it makes it so that, like, you know, if mm-hmm. if if if, yeah, if, we- if fail safe, you know, I have another way to I have a way to look it up without having to be 
by a computer at 11 p.m. on Saturday night. Yeah, that, that kind of gets a, a bit of to, – to, that gets to be a bit of inconvenience when you have to be at a certain place at a certain time every every week. But uh, yeah. anyway, um, that's it for this week. We'll be back next Monday. Um, make sure to please subscribe, rate, review, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, Podbean, iHeartRadio, YouTube, um, wherever. YouTube, go over to our YouTube page, subscribe, rate, and review there. Uh, it just helps us grow, right? Uh, and we appreciate y'all. Uh, spread the word, let everybody know. And with that, we will be seeing you next week. Next week. Mm-hmm.